Um, well, imagine Colin Tate as the unstable lover who feels diminished by his new family. Ava has all the power in the relationship. It's emasculated. He starts using more behavior, becoming more and more erratic. Ultimately, he breaks, killing John, kills Ava, kills himself. With Ava out of the picture, Reed inherits everything. Come CEO, cry, cry, cry for the cameras. Clean tragedy, no one answered questions. Pay significant money and shares. Welcome back to the Macabre Sword. I'm Antonio Garcia. I'm Taylor Hawkins. And today we're reviewing Possessor by Brandon Cronenberg, son of horror entrepreneur or horror innovator, I should say, um, David Cronenberg. Yeah, I like that. This sounds good. This sounds like a, a mighty time. Like a, like a really good one, you know? Like, yeah. Wait, is this supposed to be on this double pattern here? Yep. That one? <laughs> yep. Not the far left? Nope. Oh, okay. Um, Just making sure. I thought it was on the other one last time. <laughs> this always confused. We're good. So, this film is kind of a sci-fi horror. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, most of his fathers are, too, sort yeah, of. I mean, like... It, it's, it, it, it's weird with some of his ones. This one was fucking weirder than most of his fathers. Like I was I wouldn't confused. say that. Fucking dude, it was <laughs> Okay. What was that one? Matrix. What? Yes. That's not a David Cronenberg film. No, no I'm saying like it had Matrix elements. Oh yeah, it. but what That's about what, I mean. what about fucking what's it called? The one where they, there's a little troll baby. I'm not going to lie now. I've only seen like three David Cronenberg movies. <laughs> and that's what? Uh, Shivers, uh, The Fly. Well, the remake, like that Fly remake that he did with. Uh, fucking, oh, with. Um, uh, he's that pretty man. <laughs> the pretty man. Yeah, the one that played in uh, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why am oh, I forgetting his name? Dude, Literally, he's yeah. hot as fuck. I can pull actors. He's got really nice feet, yeah, too. Yeah, I, can... I don't like feet most of the time, you know? But he's got nice, like, old golden man toes. I can pull actors' names out of the ether whenever I want. Um, Except for when I'm when on the fucking yeah. recording device, uh, Jeff dude. Goldblum is actually. Yeah, there you go, yeah. him. Look at his feet on Thor Ragnarok. They're like gold as sand. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> but uh, what is it? Ah, uh, damn it. Um, the Soska's twins made, remade it. Uh, rabbit? Yeah, Rabbit. That's the other one. Okay, remember like the three that I remember watching. Dude, then you... Videodrome is fucking a weird one. Scanners, fucking weird as hell. I can't get through Scanners. What do you mean? I watched the first five seconds, but I hate that dude in the left. Ever since I watched him in that Arnie movie, chasing True. him throughout the whole fucking movie, I'm like, God damn it. Wait, did, did 
Cronenberg direct Night Breed, or was he the villain in it? He was the villain. That's right. The yep. dude that wore the fucking yep. mask, and he's like, oh, it's me, you know? And then the fucking <laughs> cop is in there, and, and he fucking slices him. And also the brood. The brood's dude, fucking weird. Nightbreed's really fucking good. I, I watched it one night, and I had it on high, <laughs> and I didn't realize it. All the individuals at the group home fucking woke up to the screams and the growls, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like... Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I was making the, the dinner for the next day so that, like, <laughs> the next shift could just fucking make it. But I was, like, so enthralled in that movie because it was like, dude, Clive Barker, you fucking did it again. You know, like, I don't know what it is. Clive Barker, like, every time you watch a film of his that is, like, the horror fucking sinister mm-hmm. look, you know, he always nails it out of the park. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, it just, like... The prosthetics, I think it is, maybe, for me. Like, when you look at his, it's just, like, out of the park. But, I mean, like, this movie confused me. Brandon's aesthetics is really of its own. Like, thematically, he keeps it into a single theme. Because, um, like, this film, sci-fi horror, um, deals with a, what is it, like, an assassin, a hitman? I'm not sure what you call her, but... Yeah, she's an assassin. A- yeah, Andrea Risenborough plays an assassin in this one. And you'll know her from Mandy. She plays yep. uh, fucking Nikki Cage's uh, love interest or like it, partner. The weird thing about Andrea Risenborough, a Riseborough, is that her, is it Riseborough? I think it's Riseborough. Yeah. Okay, a Riz, Riseborough. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, is that she'll play like these? Somehow she plays these really like worn, like tired looking individuals who like look almost like crackheads <laughs> like in this film especially she looks like she's like a 40 year old like not a 40 year old woman but like a 50 year old woman who's like about to break apart and have a midlife crisis but when you look at her like outside of it she's really attractive and like she does great like uh, what, what is it called um like body morphing i guess it would be like like kind of what um Christopher no Christian Bale does for Oh like character acting? Yeah, well character acting is different, but like as a physical actor, she puts a lot of her effort into like looking like cause the entire film is about her character kind of having an identity crisis. Oh and okay. being so worn out and not knowing what's going on. She's consistently stressed, depressed and Dude, that hippie tree love hugger look in fucking Mandy. Oh my god. <laughs> That scared me just a tad because I literally was like, she seems super thin. And then I literally thought that she was Mm -hmm. like just that in real life, you know? And then once you go look at her, obviously like, oh, never mind. Like you're actually surprised. She's a great physical actor. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was like surprised. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I don't know how the, like, she just might, she just like might not sleep or they have great makeup makeup people because like the bags underneath her eyes and everything are really sell the idea that she just is so worn out by her job but so this film <laughs> dude that's good like <laughs> yeah she literally goes into this like i'm not sleeping five days before this because i want to look like i've been fucking assassinated she for looks fucking like, like 10 decades and killing all in fucking people's yeah. really gotten to me yeah no so so, so what she she does is basically like matrix like you said she gets in a machine that transplants her consciousness into somebody else's body so she's basically driving somebody, and throughout the entirety of it, she um, she basically implants them into her life until she finds a perfect moment to kill whoever. 
And the film opens up with her like stabbing somebody to death. And then she's supposed to just off herself, but something's stopping her. And instead, cops come in and just shoot uh, shoot her to death. So then she goes back to her own body. Um, and that way, it doesn't leave like a blood trail. Yes. And but like that's then that's also a component throughout the rest of the film too. Like you'll see that later on uh, the you see that her consciousness through whatever it is. Like I don't think it's her consciousness per se. I think it's the machine's fault. Machine's fault. You, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I think the machine's been like struggling mm-hmm. at them times because like. It can only hold her consciousness in there for so long, but I feel yeah. like she, because like it uses the dials yeah. to re uh, right. It's the dial mechanism. I, I, yeah, like I. <laughs> to try wait, to are we supposed to assume that everyone has them little implants in the back of their head? I think in this world, so. Oh, now I'm curious. Yeah, because if they do, then yeah, because I know that well, they tune her in. And she's supposed to hit certain frequencies mm-hmm. even as she's in that uh, machine. Yep. And that if she gets off on a frequency and that uh, machine's not doing the right frequency, maybe that's fucking with her yeah, consciousness. That, the beginning of it where she like takes that little needle out of the, her fucking skull. See, that's what that, I mean. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so I think they all do. Maybe that's what's fucking with her consciousness and that's why she couldn't pull the trigger is that the original host... Like, well, like, the original person's body, mm-hmm. like, their consciousness is trying to prevent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it establishes towards the end of the movie, is that the, that, the, that the host is suppressing, or the original host is suppressing her, their desire to live is suppressing her command to kill. Honestly, dude, didn't even realize the two actors in this played in two really good movies. Oh yeah, I liked. Like, I, was like, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, I watched it. I was like, they look so different, especially well, Andrea. Like, like, yeah, like I looked at him like, why do I look? Why are these guys so familiar? She goes from looking like this like hot metal lady in Mandy to being like this worn out looking middle aged woman in here, even though there's like four years difference. I think no, not even four, three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Twenty eighteen. Yep. It's three years. Damn, that's a long time ago. 2018? It does feel like a fucking that's long time ago. That's just because of 2020. 2020 lasted fucking two decades. No, I, like, when... You know how when people say you get older, like, years go by, years go by faster? No. I kind of fucking wish that was a deal, because I feel like I would hang on to every fucking thing. But anyways, so she, um... So, the first thing they ask her when she comes out of it that I think it, that like was really interesting to me is like, and I said, why'd you use a fucking knife when we gave you a gun? Like you're supposed to shoot the fucker. And I like, so it shows like right off the bat that she's using this occupation, probably not in the most professional way possible. And throughout the movie, it kind of establishes that like with the chips in their head. And then also one guy, who's like a primary target and you get to see like her a studying him learning about his life. So when she does go into his brain, she seamlessly acts like him, even like pronouncing words the same way as him drawing out, drawing out like um, drawing out certain words that he would do or saying certain catchphrases and body language. Like basically she stalks a dude just to learn how she can act like him better. And, like, 
his job is literally literally scrolling through people's bedrooms and seeing what kind of curtains they have. Or, or not gonna lie, that's a really fucking weird job. Yeah, especially in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, wait, this takes place in the future. We're assuming, right? I'm, ass- I'm like that seems like that would, reali- is yeah. what it'd be like because that's augmented reality, basically. Yeah. with the. Uh, uh, well, idea of that yeah it's wild because like one one pattern i've noticed in like sci-fi films these days is that the future looks highly similar to us but the technology is just a little more advanced and a little bit more invasive maybe that's yeah. because i watch more horror films than anything dude that was so funny though like he's he literally just watches those people fuck for like yeah, yeah he's five like minutes. what the fuck's going on and like Brandon, your head's in the gutter because he like just it's so many sex. It was just it. straight up pussy shot. Like yeah. <laughs> that's all you saw was like I was like, dude, come on. And then, but I handed to him. You saw full dick and balls. Yep, like it, well, that was awesome. I think this. I don't like. I feel bad because bringing up like his father because I'm sure like he wants to stand on his own two feet. Mm-hmm. But like both Cronenbergs had this very, um, very almost prime primal obsession with sex and sexuality in their films like shiver is legit just about people wanting to fuck rabbits the same yep and this one is about it has like a lot of sex scenes and it does deal with like um being alienated by your own body the entire time and within this film um like the main conflict comes when she's not able to well when she's not able to kill this person after killing her targets. Yeah. Which is Sean Bean and whoever plays Sean Bean's daughter. I was just Sean Bean and I he had to kill the Sean other girl Bean. just because she, she saw The daughter was just there. Like, oh, she because was, of she the... Was, uh, she was a casualty. Yeah, and uh, I don't think the daughter was supposed to be there. Yeah. Like, I think he, she, there was supposed to be a scene, but she overdid it mm-hmm. to where she actually just spent the night. Yeah, no, it, that fucking... Um, when she kills Sean Bean's character in this one, she takes a fucking uh, a, a poker. Dude, that was the poker, best scene. Beats the shit out of him and fucking stabs him in the mouth. And then just starts swiggling it. <gasps> like, dude, it looked like she was stern fucking Nesquik. <laughs> Strawberry Nesquik. Just, uh, and then it wasn't done yet because he was still alive. Mm-hmm. And then, like, didn't they say he was still alive when they brought him to the fucking... Uh, Hospital? Yeah. Well, she fucking rips out his eyes. She takes a poker into his eyes, pops it he out. He can't see, so he can't tell us, and he can't talk, so he can't tell us who did it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it basically was, like, they were just safe. Yep. Like, they're like, oh, they don't know who fucking did it. And, but then, like, his daughter, I feel bad for the daughter. Mm-hmm. She got fucking nailed, like, 12 times. Yeah. Like, in the bag. Like, that was fucked. Yep. That was overkill, honestly. Yeah, no. Well, like, it's because... The thing that I think the film is trying to discuss is, like, I mean, Brandon's, like, whole catalog of film so far, which isn't a lot, uh, kind of deal with identity for the most part. Like, Antiviral is a film that he did back in 2012, which is about people who can pay to have, to get a disease from an A-list Hollywood celebrity. So you're, you're going to pay to get uh, Nick Cage's hepatitis. I'm not saying Nick Cage has a hepatitis. If he does, it's his thing. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> you need to do that. And I might pay for it if I could, too. 
Dude, if it makes you as wily as him. Fucking, dude, that dude has so much drip. Dude, fucking love his outfits. Fucking A. But like, because, and, and like, that's part of, um, and that deals with like a whole celebrity culture that's going on these days. People literally want to emulate um, a celebrity because having your own personality and identity is, is, is in a way too um, intimate. And you don't know what's going to get. If you try to be authentic, nobody wants to be authentic if they're going to receive negative backlash. Yeah, you, I can see that. Like, so you so you want to you say so you want to replace a personality with one that's proven to be loved and respected and yearned after by going after a celebrity and trying to emulate them. And that's kind of what he says with that. Like even their worst parts, which is would be their diseases. This one itself, this film, I think deals more in identity in terms of occupation and capitalism. Because in this film, she literally has to act like somebody else for her job. Yeah. How many jobs do people work these days where they literally have to turn off their brain and do emotional labor? I work retail when I'm not doing this. And what I do for eight hours is pretend to be somebody um, nicer, more empathetic to strangers than I normally would be. And someone who's apparently really concerned if you can find... Um, the curtains you really want. Like, I have to do that for my job. And, like, sometimes um, I love it when when I uh, helping an old lady find the right pet food. That's, that's fun for me. <laughs> but, like, sometimes if somebody's, like, yelling at me and demanding that I help them and just being a total fucking asshole, I can't do what I would instinctually want to do and just leave the situation, tell them to fuck off, and go go relax for a bit. I got talking twos for that. Yeah. Like, that was bad. Yeah, yeah no. Well, I remember that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, the emotional labor that you have to put in, it means you have to, like, shut off your main personality and talk to these people as though, um, as the company wants. Like, I don't think people realize enough how much emotional labor goes into service jobs. How you literally have to talk to people. You literally have to put on a fake personality. Totally erase your identity for, for hours um, on end to deal with aggressive and antagonistic people. I hate that too, especially if you got like plans at the end of the day Mm -hmm. for, to hang out with like friends and stuff. Yeah. Like you're ready to fucking have a good time, but you're totally emotionally exhausted. And when you get there, it's just totally uh, like wiped. You're drained emotionally to actually fucking do anything fun or um, get in the mood per se like yep. you just you're just totally wiped yep. just point blank like and, and and nobody um nobody really understands like how that can exhaust people there there aren't like to you can't it's so difficult to measure that in a scientific study yeah dude no my biggest fucking pet peeve was when them fuckers would uh walk by and be like ha ha you know and like make a joke Towards mm-hmm. you about having to work during the pandemic. Yep. Like, it's like, I'm working because you're fucking, like, uh, what is it? How would you put it? Um, crisis asses here over buying yeah. what you don't need. And, yep. like, I need to fucking work double time just to fucking provide what you need because yep. you're over buying. Yep. And then I get yelled at by 30 other customers because you overbuyed because yep. we don't have the product now. Yep. Like, I, like, that, I had so many mental breakdowns. But, like, the, the one part of this film that, like, kind of just, like, got me is that when she was talking to um, Andrea's character, 
like her boss in this film was like, you know, yeah, guess who she is? Who? She's the cute blonde in Fast Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Are you serious? Yeah, she's the young blonde girl. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. But in this one, she like talks to her, just like, um, she says, you know, you could you could take my position. But you have something hanging on to you that I feel like you just got to cut off. And she's referring to her relationship with her. Because she tells her boss that they're separated, but then they go sleep uh, with each other the same night. So she's. And uh, so so the boss is referring to her little family life. And like you could say, oh, the film's about an unhealthy work-life balance. But like what is a healthy work-life balance this day and age? No, especially with uh, what is it? I this day and age, I feel like work-life balance has been brought to a significant uh, change, just based specifically on uh, everyone having to grind towards that uh, monetary value just to live. Mm-hmm. So, like the work-life balance got like totally pushed over the edge to where uh, work overtakes yeah. the home life, and that's where like everyone like. They love their family, don't get me wrong, but, like, sometimes they have to push the feelings down yep. in order to fucking, like, yes, I love you, but you need to understand, like, I need to make us this yeah. bread in order to make sure that we're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a common that's a common conflict in a lot of films where the kid will feel, like, unwanted because the parents at work all the time. Yeah. But then you can't really call either one of them an asshole because, like, I get the kid. He wants to see his dad, but also the dad needs to make money to support Yeah, himself. and you understand the dad's... Yeah. Thing and everyone's like, "Oh, if I was the dad, I'd fucking sit there and fucking like yeah. just take off." It's like, "Yeah, okay, dude. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure you fucking wouldn't. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna fucking make that much." And what's wild is like the political landscape of the time when all these films are being made is that they never point to the real villain of that whole entire conflict, which is the fact that the job probably doesn't pay the dad enough to take time off to be with his kid. Yeah, government, you fuckers. <laughs> huh? But like, Voting down that wage increase, you fucks. What's wild is like fucking Charles Dickens, his, one of his greatest works is literally about a dude who won't give his, um, who, who villainizes the owner of a business because he won't give his one employee time off for Christmas. Like, but we, we, like, we still live in a society where that's seen as pretty acceptable to do even though like that's one of the americans or not american staple one of the one of the literature staples of all time is just villainizing corporations who don't treat their people with empathy dude they still do that they blacklist holidays all the time corporations like it's so fucked up yeah you after time off around oh yeah yo hey uh i gotta ask for christmas off around fucking uh april you know like and then maybe i'll get it off come uh Christmas. Yo, I was for it off in April. Nah, you're not getting it. And what's wild is the political landscape has shifted, so there's definitely more talk among millennials and Zoomers about whether or not fucking a capitalist society is viable and worth having around. Communism, man. (laughs) (laughs) I forget who wrote the fucking... I forget who wrote the fucking book. Uh, Dude, I can't. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, no, like, Bernie Sanders, like, despite him not winning or anything, and I'm sure, like, there were other people before him, but he's really brought the idea of socialism to the forefront where we can actually fucking, like, envision a world where people don't need to work eight hours... Um, five days a week to support themselves and their family. Like, why are we spending the majority of our adult life working? Like, that sounds so 
that like I'm as I say that I'm putting myself in an existential crisis because <laughs> like I don't want to spend the majority of my time every day working. I it just oh, and I know people are gonna point out well labor unions helped us get that eight hours. Well, they should have helped to get it. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I support labor unions, but why are we working for more time instead of more pay? Yeah, no, exactly. Because then we'd be able to spend more time with our fucking kids exactly. and changing the climate. The one thing that will raise us all, you fucks. <laughs> Just kidding. I I'm, I mean, like, maybe we got a couple of fucks listening that yeah. are fucks and, like, don't believe in the climate. <laughs> but, I mean, like, there could be a lot that actually believe in, like, the climate. Like, But, no, this film definitely deals with the identity of, like... Um, well, you, totally, you see it when, uh, what's it called, uh, Sean Bean's daughter's character? Mm-hmm. What's her name? I forget. Uh, she played in a movie, uh, fuck. I thought it was in a horror movie, honestly. I thought she played in another horror movie. I've seen her character before. But, uh, she, anyways, she, you see, um, who's the main character's name again? The main character's name, uh, uh, t- uh, Tasia. Tasia. Okay, so Tasia, uh, she is in the dude's body, right? Mm-hmm. Like her conscious is now transferred over. Well, yep. she's currently fucking her, you yeah. know. And you realize, like, she's actually uh, feeling all that emotion at that yeah. moment, and she's like actually uh, enjoying it at that time. Yep. Like at first, she's like, "Oh, what is this? Oh, I haven't had this intimacy in a while." Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually feel what this is like to be possibly like this feel what it's like to be a man, you yeah. know, like, oh, this is what it feels like to have like this type of dominance in this position, mm-hmm. you know, and like she actually takes full control of it in yep. that situation. But like, I feel like that shows like that power grab of uh, what it feels to have that um, identity crisis, like, uh, oh, uh, this switch over and like, yep. this is who I am at this moment. Like, yeah. I'm fully immersed uh, to a T. In this interaction, because yeah. now I'm with this person. Yeah, like, yeah, that like I think that was the cementing scenario with in that life. Yeah, because as she is watching as just an assassin in on his life. Mm-hmm. Yes, she sees all that, but she doesn't actually cement it in until the actual um, intimacy. Yeah, like because well, like I think that was like a part because you see once it like switches like he does that awesome. Uh, cinematography between like his face but like it kind of does like a uh interview yeah where it's like her face yep. but it still shows like the outglow of his face yeah yeah, yeah 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 and like that's where i was like oh okay i'm getting it a little bit but like i saw that like and that's where i was kind of catching on at that point it was like oh that makes sense but it kind it to, to that me it me it also like showed like straight up like you, she's her whole identity is enraptured in her occupation at that point, even to a point oh, where yeah. sexual release yeah. needs to be through her occupation. Because when she was sleeping with her actual husband, it didn't seem as though she was like as stimulated as she was when she was sleeping with somebody. Yeah, who dude, she was looking off to the wall and stuff. She was, like she was like, and I think that's what that was pointing out with that part is that like she felt more like an alien outside of her occupation than she did within. And I'll admit, like. Um, so Whoa! Wait, she was in his head when she he was looking at the drapes. Yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah. So she was sex hungry, and that's why she was looking <laughs> at the fuck, two people fucking. I get it. Now 
I get why. Oh fuck, dude. Okay. But yeah, yeah, that no. makes sense. But no, like throughout it, she's like the few small parts we see, like her interacting with her actual family as herself. Yeah, she looks like uncomfortable. She looks like she's an alien within that situation. She looks like she has no idea how to respond. No, for sure. Like she, yeah, she just looks. Uh, how'd you? Like yeah, she. It looks like she's never been with the family before. Yeah. Like, it's really sad. And her kid is, like, her, her kid is, like, maybe a preteen at this point. Yeah. So, like, it, it literally, like, it highlights how alienating it can be to have your occupation totally surround who you are and what you do for, for simply the reason of gaining capital. And, like, there's a weird... I, I'm always kind of opposed to like the black mirror type commentary on technology like oh we're all we're all surrounded by social media like the government can watch us like organizations can watch us like it's true like i don't know have you heard of nfts like the new art craze where people like it's basically turning um more digital and then they're selling it yeah yeah yeah. honestly i think it's the dumbest fucking yeah, thing no. ever but like they art- fucking destroyed Banksy art, turned it into NF- NFT, and then sold it. Yeah, I was like, "What?" Yeah, and it's literally the dumbest idea ever. Because, dude, you could literally go fucking click on that on Google and then go sell it again. Yeah, and I'm just like, "What the, the fuck does this mean?" Like, Bitcoin, all that. Seriously, such the fucking. It's so stupid. We should. We have should should have gone away from a system that encourages this type of weird grifting yeah. before that grifting could ever be possible. Like it's it's kind of fucking sad, dude. NFT took me by surprise. Like, I know what, a week ago. I looked like, at it. I was like, "You fucking with me right now?" Like I was just blown away because I was like, it, because the first fucking one sold for like forty five mil or one hundred forty five mil. And I was like, "What?" And then I looked and I was like. Wait, you mean to tell me they sold a digital fucking yeah. copy for fucking a horror? Like, I was like, yep. S- dude, I could have went and got that on fucking yeah. Google. But, th- but like, this kind of, like, this kind of um, has a Black Mirror-esque commentary on everything with them watching people having sex, basically invading their lifestyle, invading their privacy, just to see what kind of fucking curtains they have. That sounds... It sounds... Um, what's the word? It's like IKEA. Yeah, fucking like imagine, going your... <laughs> imagine, imagine an IKEA representative walking into your house while you and your girlfriend are intimate, or you and your boyfriend, your partner, I should say, are like just getting it fucking on, just just going hog wild on the couch, and they like lift up the couch and like, oh, you got this from Walmart, huh? All right, <laughs> puts it back down and <laughs> begins to look around your house, puts that in their fucking quota for the day, and then. Runs analysis and numbers and... Just taking pictures everywhere. Puts their money into the new company that fucking sells the most. Slaps your thighs. Like, can you, can you lift up so I can see what kind of what kind of polyester this is? <laughs> oh, only 500 thread. Okay, you're okay. too poor, you know. All right. Well, oh, this is an Egyptian cotton? Yeah, okay. Oh, it's 50-50. Oh. God. That's also such a fucking wild thing to think about that... Google itself makes money by selling our like selling our ad preferences, or does Google? I don't know who sells. No, Google did. That. Okay, Google, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they found that out. Uh, and, it's, and it's weird. 
it, it's so weird that like business that you could become a millionaire just by being like, well, this is what people prefer to companies. Yeah. It, it's so fucking wild to me that that's something that we could, um, the information is such a commodity. Google Chrome does that with anything that you search on Chrome. Mm-hmm. All their cookies, uh, that's what they've been selling is all that cookie data turns into yep. uh, cell point data for just your information. And, and I will admit, I will admit it is convenience for me as a consumer after I go on a capitalist rant about like how much I hate everything, it is convenient for me as a consumer to see exactly what I want being advertised to me at all times. Sometimes I fucking hate it because sometimes I'll look up the stupidest fucking thing just for <laughs> shits and giggles and then I'll receive it for fucking like six months straight. No. And I'm like, why is this showing up? All right, real quick. <laughs> me, and my, me and my D&D friends were making fun of like monster shit. And then I made a bad dragon joke. Do you know what bad dragon is? Oh, the dildos. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I made a bad dragon joke. And so we started sharing pictures of fucking weird bad dragon like dildos. For the next fucking month, all I got advertised to me was bad dragon dildos and sex toys. And I was like, I was like, I don't want to. good shit. I don't want this. I'm not going to purchase any of this. I just think a dragon dildo is funny as shit. Bad dragon flashlights? <laughs> I'm just wondering, like that makes me one ponder that idea now. God, there's, I'm They'd be, on, be like triple ribbed on the inside. I'm gonna be honest. Part of me would love to have like a giant bad dragon dildo, like a big black and red dragon dildo, just, just, just sitting like, on the wall, just sitting on the wall, <laughs> like a fucking like a hunting art. <laughs> what the fuck? Like a mouth. Two horns and a nose, the smallest <laughs> ones, the nose. That'd be fucking hilarious. And then just a thick boy. Just looks like, like a triceratops. <laughs> Put it right next to my door so whenever anybody has to walk in, they have to duck real quick. You know, slap dude, in the forehead. Dude, my house, I'm going to change all my door stops to fucking them. <laughs> so whenever someone opens the door, it's just a dildo hitting me. <laughs> I'm going to go do that in fucking uh, stores, oh, man. Oh, that'd be great. Dude, that'd be fucking hilarious. Just fucking slap them on the fucking thing. Just like <laughs> cheap ones that stick to the wall and like fucking open the door. Oh my God. Kids are going to be grabbing them like, Mama, what's this? I almost got in trouble. I, I don't want to say, I almost got caught at work because I, I was scrolling on Twitter and all of a sudden I see like a video. I, I look up and I see a video of someone like uh, putting a dildo on a wall and just slapping it, and I just I had to fucking rewatch it five different times. That's so funny. I don't know why. That's pretty good. Just like aggressively, just like, and then all of a sudden they just like slap the shit out of it. I want to do that at really white restaurants. <laughs> God, what's a really white restaurant? Perk. Nah, I'm trying to think. What's one in Minneapolis? Uh, uh, fuck it. What's that one that's like... Uh, Yo, I got one. What? We're gonna go to every single Chick-fil-A, go to their <laughs> bathrooms, and post dildos right on the fucking thing as doorstops. God. Damn, Let's dude. Do it. That's a good idea. But, anyways, back I to this. I forgot where we were. That's good, though. That's funny. <laughs> talking about, like, the surveillance society that they live under. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And literally, like, uh, like how does that company... It's, it's weird because they treated that company like an actual thing. 
Or was it just like more like a black market thing? I don't know. I wonder if they were a conglomerate. Yeah. Like it's just a huge corporation, but then like inside, like Amazon, you know, like how Amazon mm-hmm. works, but then now they're trying to get into like even more detail to yep. where like, um, you know how Amazon has its own like privatized um, security cameras? Like yeah. for in-home. But I think, or uh, how Apple even has theirs, how they can like pick up on uh, their microphone every once in a while. Yep. I hear like... Like what, uh, ping words yeah, like, yeah. that you'll say will turn on their microphone and then that'll uh lead to uh, advertising content later on. Yep, I think that's what this was kind of doing, but with their cameras, yeah, like they were spying in with their cameras to see, like, oh, what type of stuff so that we can get more of our stuff sold mm-hmm. and push our product to them in the future. Yep, because I think that like they were like some type of like Amazon type of company almost like at least that's what I got from it when you saw them walk through the front doors. Yeah, like it seemed kind of like some Jeff Bezos bullshit. Like yeah, but no, like this whole this whole society feels like it's um it's totally run on allowing. It's it's weird because I don't want to sound like old man who yells at clouds, but like we have progressively allowed our privacy and our the most intimate details of our life to become commodities for bigger corporations. And this one like takes it to the ne- next level to where a point it's not, might not even be um, a straw man. It might not even be, it's just weird. <laughs> Dude, I'm not gonna lie. The Like when it comes to cameras and homes and ring mm-hmm. doorbells, I'm never gonna get one. Yeah. Just based on the fact after I watched the video of the fucking like 14 year old that hacked into like a 45 year olds right. and he starts yelling at the fucking right. uh, mailman. He's like, yo, I watched the fucking <laughs> like, like it's a white kid. You can tell it's like super white, like 12 year old. This like, yo, I watched the fucking family like fuck just the other day on the couch. You know, like I'm in on all their fucking cameras. I'm even in on yours. That's why I'm talking to you. You hear me, bitch? You know, like the dude's like, wait, what? You know, and he's like, are you talking to me? Like, yeah, I'm talking to you, you fucking camera bitch. You know, like, I'm like, I can't do it, man. I it, can't it, it, do really, it. It was weird because, like, nowadays, like that kind of display that they were showing doesn't even like doesn't even come off as absurd to me. Which I don't want to. I don't want to sound like an old man yelling at cloud with that. But that's like, it's it's so it's so it's such a it's such a mirror to the way society works now. We live in a society. Jared Leto quote the Joker. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you just did that to me, man. That fucking kills. Uh, but wow, we can use some fucking teeth, man. Stop. Some fucking silver ass teeth. But uh, you know, with that, um, what is he? What is? Oh, that kind of leads into the next thing about like her identity and everything. Her having an identity crisis is that when she's not able to shoe herself after killing or after presumably killing Sean Bean's character. Uh, she panics, runs away, and at that point, um, I think the dude's Colin. The name of the yeah. dude's Colin. Colin and uh, Tysa have a whole, basically, fight over who's dominant in the brain. Yep. And I forget. Tysa is the one who goes to his, like, to the girl's house. The girl from Letterkenny. What's her fucking name? No, there's Colin that went there. Was it Colin? Colin goes there because he's freaking out about what happened. Yeah, he doesn't right. know what's happening. But then uh, the once they get in the house and the killing takes place when she, uh, the lady from Letterkenny, uh, fuck, she plays in a couple horror movies too. Yes, she, she does. She plays Mohawk from Shudder. Yep. Uh, but she, uh, 
When she's in the shower, that's when Tazia tries taking over again mm-hmm. and actually ends up killing her. That's when that's Colin right. comes back and is like, what the fuck just happened again? And then uh, Colin doesn't know who the fuck the person is at the door. Yep. And that's when he gets fucking uh, zapped. And then that's when uh, that zap dude from the um, Amazon-type corporation like yeah, shows yeah. up and uh, is trying to explain. Yeah, that's right. But... The guy doesn't know who he is, and that's when he's trying to explain, like, Yo, Tazi, it's me, it's me, it's me. Like, I, I'm a big fan, da da da, you know? And, like, that's when they're trying to reset, but that's when Colin kills him because he doesn't know who he is. Well, there's a, there's a dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. Where, um. It's like a weird fight thing. Where, yeah, he, like, where Colin walks in on Tazia being, like, re, recalibrated, I guess. Yeah. And he goes over and crushes her head, but it's weird because it's not like, gory crushy it's more like it goes from being like filled with air to being crushed and there's just the face Dude, it was so cool and then he like puts on the face and i feel like that was a metaphor of like how tasia kind of lives out her she's not an actual person with thoughts feelings and dreams is that she's wearing a mask over these identities like it, it it's a weird way to put it but like her occupation identities are her actual identities at the point and her herself as Tasia is the one wearing a mask. Yeah. Like her mask as someone who's doing a job is the real mask. While all these identities she's made up for her job are the real ones because that's how engrossed and how isolated and she has become within her occupation. Yeah. And then Colin takes over the body after that. Mm-hmm. And that's when Tasia gets snapped back to the body on the table. Yep. And then that's when Colin enters family home and starts interrogating him. Yeah. And that's when fucking Tazia takes over her own son's body. No, it's not Tazia who takes over her own son. It's the boss that takes over the son. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, I got confused there. I thought it was Tazia that took over and then killed him. Yeah, no, because Colin is thinking about killing... um... So then we're thinking that Tazia is still trying to... It, like getting help, yeah, or she's maybe dead, like one of the two. She's um, she's either recovering or dead. Is that what? No, we're she's thinking? recovering. Okay, we're so she's recovering. So then the boss is like, oh fuck it, he the kid's probably gonna die anyways, and then that's just gonna wipe out what I need done so that I have my fucking agent back all yeah. together. Oh, dude, that yeah. fucking bitch. Yeah, no, she takes over the kid so she can save Tasia because, like, in her mind. <sighs> Dude, family, dude. everything like that isn't important. Yo. Again, like capital isolation. Yo. Uh, <laughs> She's good. You know, the fucking and the effects on this one, like we talked about him killing. So like when he fucking ripped up the eyeball, that apparently made people walk out during the prior screen. Shut the fuck screen. up, are you yeah. serious? Yeah. And he and like Brandon commented on that being like, you know, I feel like people are too used to CG these days, because that was a practical effect. And there's like an uh there's an otherness to CG effects that you really can't put your eye on yeah. until you see prosthetic effects being used. And I'll admit, like, when that happened, I was just like, oh, ah, because there was, like, a little when it came out. I yeah, like, yeah, oh. I love prosthetics, dude. It makes me feel more squeamish just because it feels more real, you know? It, it, Especially when they don't use, like, they use a gel-like substance, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they make, like, a jello-type putty-type yep. shit, and that's what I like about it. It's like, I it think, actually comes up real. I think there's a, a, I forget what it's called, but there's a substance that they use for prosthetics, and they also use to help, um, to help upcoming tattoo artists practice on. 
Yeah. Because it has it, the same texture as skin. Yeah, it's like what they use uh, ballistic uh, bodies with. Yep. It's the same type of shit. Like, um, yeah, like... When they're doing ballistics tests, yeah, like that type of stuff, yeah, like that's what they use. But yeah, like that's what I like about the prosthetics, and I like that they're making a comeback with like uh, what, like Brandon Cronenberg, um, the director to Mandy, yep, Chrome, Cosm- Cosmos, Cosmatos. I can't remember his name. I don't know. I forget I his name. But yeah, like I like that they're making a comeback with. Some well, I feel like I've, it's really hard because even like um, trying to think, even like Shape of Water. That was grammar award winning. Had Guillermo del Toro uses prosthetic effects how um, as much as possible. Yeah, and that like really adds to it. Like I feel like we lean on CGI way too often. And I know like oh the best selling film of all time has been Avatar, but I I know I don't get the deal with Avatar. I thought it was like a good. It was okay. I thought it was too comic booky when it got to uh, the facial features of the yeah. people. Yeah, and the story itself was just like a copy and paste of Raised by Wolf. Or Dude, that was Titanic all the way. What? Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. But only Jack lived at the end. I they just know. brought Jack out of the water and then brought him up to the like, fucking seashore I'm sure, I'm sure you mean Dancing with Wolves. No, nah, <laughs> Titanic. But like the story itself is like just I've never good... seen that movie, honestly. I've never seen either of them. What? I haven't seen Dances with Wolves. I haven't seen Titanic or Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just know the like the ending scenes of uh, Titanic, the floating, him dying. Mm-hmm. Um, Avatar. I think he's on a bed and there's flowers, and then um, Dances with Wolves. Uh, he picks up a gun and starts shooting at something. You got all the films. That's exactly what happens. Serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I thought like I thought a lot of that happens. In all I mean, of some it. stuff, some of that happens. Oh, okay. But like with this, um, with horror films, I feel like you need prosthetics because that's what sells it. Their intimacy, the realism, the no, the exactly. visceral carnage is what sells how brutal all this is. And if you don't sell that, then your horror movie is gonna flop. Like, I know that there's a couple uh, horror films that are coming out that uh, mm-hmm. are dealing with uh, the Yeti and, like, a big-ass fucking uh, bear. Like, oh, an actual big-ass bear. But they're saying that they're going full prosthetic animatronics. Like, they're going nice. old school. And I'm like, good. Because, like, usually when you do the fucking CGI bear, like, it mm-hmm. doesn't fucking work. Or, like, do CG with the effects on it. Sometimes it looks too fake. have a big, big budget. But it still kind of looks But this is that. what's crazy about it. Is like, they're doing it overseas and stuff. And it lo- it's taking, like, two, three years for them to make. Nice. Like, they're supposed to be coming out. Like, Monstrous, I think, already came out. So I have to watch that yet. But then, like, the other one is, like beast or something but that's the one about the bear in like fucking alaska or something so it's gonna take place in like the dark part of winter when yeah. it has no light dude it's gonna be <laughs> fucking gnarly a monster film man yeah. oh my god what dude god. oh man i'm telling you dude i'm prosthetics all the way dude but no that, that image of like them wearing her face that was also a good prosthetic uh, that that mask itself was a great fucking prosthetic, and I love. I gotta look who did that. I, yeah, but I wonder who did it. Because I always just think they get fucking 
I always think Tom Savini does everything. <laughs> because, Savini. dude, I feel like everyone just goes to him, you know? Like, because his mask shop, he's just got a yeah. huge-ass fucking mask room. Tom Savini's going to be 80 years old and still fucking making masks for movies. Dude, he's 60, 60 and more ripped than anyone I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> like, it's a fucking dude with his little gun belt and dust from dust till dawn. Dude, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> him being a jerk-off and... Uh, Fucking Dawn of the Dead riding around and doing his own stunts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does his own stunts, too. Yeah, I want to hang out with Tom Savini so badly. I'm pretty sure he's, like, one of the coolest motherfuckers in the whole world. Dude, he is. You hear about the time that they made the movie down in uh, New York? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got the fucking permit to do this, you know? And they're supposed to, uh... So they use a watermelon to blow up a head, right? But they yep. put a mask on of, like, a thing that Tom Savini made for one of the movies to repl- replicate, like, a dude's face blowing up, right? Yeah. And, like, so they shoot off a live shotgun inside of a vehicle in, like, downtown New York. And then they're like, come on, let's fucking go! You know, so they both look and start darting the director, Tom Savini, and the actor that's sitting there. They're like, why the fuck are we running, guys? And you're like, get your fucking ass and start running, you know? And, like, here they didn't have permits or any. Thing. Like so, the cops were coming and everything, and like everyone's like, Fucking "What the fuck happened?" Like, yeah, we didn't have the permits that day. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like Thompson Vinny's just on camera laughing later, commentary like forty years later on it. Like, I think it was during um, that uh, the one that Elijah Wood remade, where he just kills all the like uh, women. Uh, oh fuck, the one where he's like in a house with a bunch of mannequins yeah, and shit yeah. like that. Ooh, I forget that one. Did we do this? Did we do an episode on that one? Not yet. No. Okay. I don't think so. Dude, I just like Elijah. Wood. We did fucking. We we've done almost seventy episodes so far, and I'm starting to forget which ones we've done. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm planning on going through our catalog, yeah. and writing them all down. Uh, but now with this one, like, also like when he cut off the fingers, that was great. But like, oh yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Honestly. And then there's that part where like he gets stabbed, and like Colin is like, "You always want to do this, didn't you? You always just wanted to off your family because like." You, she, she's bought into the belief that her job is more important than actually being a person, because that's what at this point uh, capitalism taught us. What is that book called? So, like becoming a robot to her. What the fuck? That's weird. So yeah, like basically oh, yeah. becoming a machine to. What she does mm-hmm. for uh, her job. Because, like, I was going to look, uh, the book is called The End of um, the End of History by Francis Fukuyama. And it's about how we've solved how to run a society. And that is with capitalism. And it's been, like, lauded by so many critics. I mean, it's being upheld by Republicans as though it's, like, the Third, the third Testament. More like the Third Reich. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dumbass. What the fuck are they talking about, dude? God, but it basically explains how, like, jobs. like fucking uh, Jordan Peterson had his whole argument with um, Slavoj Žižek about how, well, it's it's him and his fucking Kermit the Frog voice. <laughs> dude, I'm sorry, I can see this in there and like fucking. Well, you see. Um, capitalism may not be the best system we have, but it works for most. (laughs) It's like, yo, no, it does not. (laughs) It works for like the super rich. Everyone else is just scraping by like Jesus Christ. And then this one, it like buys into the, buys into the fact that like 
one of the things that I've that's probably the most depressing is the commodification of the self is that people are starting to look at themselves as a commodity being to be sold, to be used. And I get for some people's survival. This is like when you when you hear that, a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, sex workers. No, like you putting in your physical labor is you commodifying yourself. Like, oh, no, for sure. Like that's your time and effort just mm-hmm. trying to scrape by. Like, I think that's one thing that everyone overlooks. Yep. Like, you, like I don't think people like look at the amount of money they make per hour and how much stress that puts on your body. Per hour, yep, and then add that up throughout and you, a year. You really got to think about like what Republicans are saying when they say they don't want to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. What they're saying is that an hour of somebody's life to them, at bare minimum, is worth seven dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, does that sound like a fucking? They're pro life, but like then all of a sudden, like no, a person's an hour of someone's life is is seven dollars fifty cents. Do you know what somebody can do within an hour within an hour of their life? And them five like, Democrats. Fuck oh, you, yeah, five, five Democrats. Two. Fuck you guys. I was so pissed when I heard that. Who was that one who like voted no and did like a little ha huh, like did a little uh cute little walk away as she did it? Oh, oh dude, that was uh She was the Arizona governor or yeah, senator. Yep. Yeah. Fuck her. Dude, she pissed me off and so did that uh was it North Carolina's? Which one? I don't know. I think it was the uh, the he was the one that was everyone was like raving for yeah, at one right. point, and then he fucking was like, "No, we can't do that because it's gonna break small businesses." Like, well, if you were raising it the whole fucking time throughout the whole fucking like past three decades, this wouldn't have happened. Like, of course, yep. it's gonna break it once it happens. Like, you can't keep it this like this for the rest of the like for the next century. And here's the thing: fifteen dollars isn't even enough right now in our in our economic system. Fifteen dollars isn't enough. Uh, but like it just it just it this film kind of builds in the idea that like the commodification of the self is going to go so far where our identities are only attached to our occupation yeah and we don't we won't have time for social interactions romantic life or even being a parent and like you see that in Jap- japan a lot well you, you can even tell in colin's place mm-hmm. like colin's living with Sean Bean's character's daughter. Daughter. Like, that's her flat. Yep. Like, we don't know what his flat looked like. Yep. Which is sad. Like, he could have been living in squalor, for yep. all we know. But, like, she, because he just got the job at that place, at that low-income area, because he was just being that fucking dick. Yep. You know, just being like, oh, you're dating my daughter. Okay, you're down here, because I see what happens with my daughter. Yep. Then it's just like, it's just like, uh, um... Like, like, if you look at Japan, they have the highest suicide rates because literally they're so work-oriented that the idea of, like, actually just being a human for some of them, they can't process. They they reach an age where they don't, where they think they've, like, lived out their entire, like, youth just working, and they don't see any point in continuing on, so they just off themselves. And it's fucking sad because there's a lot of people who are, like, I talk to and, like, um... Who like they don't date, they don't go out, they don't do, they don't uh, party with friends because they're focusing on their work and their career. And I, to some extent, I respect that. That you wanna, you wanna live a comfortable life when you're older. But 
like Graham always said, all work and no play makes you a dull boy. <laughs> and that can lead to some pretty harmful shit. Like, honestly, I think that too much work can cause uh, stress factors that don't need to be there. I'm a serial killer. No, no, no. I, that's what Jack Don't did. be looking at me like that because that's not <laughs> what, like, I'm not even going to go there. Like, I'm not even going to say, like, that was, is what would happen. <laughs> Because there's many other factors that could lead to that. Like, you could just be a, a person. You could just on, be a person. You know, like, that is not super work-oriented. I think that's the minimum qualifications to be a person. I mean, like, that's not work-oriented, you know? Like, you could be, um... Fuck, most all of them work. <laughs> yeah, most all of them work. Because, uh, Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez didn't work. He just stayed in a hotel all the time. He just hung out in a hotel. He literally did. He was nasty. He was nasty. Although girls still like him. I oh, still see like on Twitter uh, girls getting what's his name? Uh, a little wet for him. Dripping a little bit. Vampire Sacramento. Yeah, dude. I don't Killed know. baby, put it in a pail. Drink his blood. <laughs> Freaking wild. Yeah, Why dude, am I laughing? Richard. Uh, Another Richard? Yeah, I think his name was Richard. Richard, but he uh, he just had mental disabilities. But he just would he just uh, check any door, and if a door had a uh, wasn't unlocked, he'd just walk inside, kill you, and then walk out. Jesus, but he drink your blood. Yeah, fucking wild. Yeah. Back to back to this. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to say on this film? I feel like I feel like I'm gonna go around in circles talking about I how bad capitalism is at this point. Well, this one, the whole film is pretty yeah, much about it. Really, is, it really is about the commodification itself. At least that's what I thought was that. But most of all, what I got from it was the uh, the self identity problem. Yeah, it was like that's what was heavy for me. At least mm-hmm. when I was seeing it, it, was like, oh, she's having problems with that, and then yeah. like. The whole consciousness problem was like, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I did read a little bit up on like gender and identity for this to see if that was like a big part, but it's very minimal with Yeah, this. it was vague. Like, yeah. I, I, that's what I was looking into too. I was like, yeah. is there? Like, I mean, because like her time as Colin was so little and like the only part that was really there was like when she was sleeping with um, Ava. Yeah, that Ava. was Yeah, but that was like such a small part. That was only like, like that little yeah, bit that was only life. like what? A minute, mm-hmm. maybe a minute scene, and that's where I was like, it can't be. Like, I was thinking about it at first when it, with the uh, when they first started, like when yeah, she was when Colin when Tazi was in Colin's consciousness, like mm-hmm. looking in the mirror, and then came around and then saw her. Like that's. And I'm sure. Like, oh, okay. I'm sure Brandon might have thought of that kind of twist, but I kind of respect him for not doing that because as a man, you could. You could definitely step in a few holes if you try to do that. Yeah, it could distort facts. I'm pretty sure ideas. like we have put our foot in our mouths a lot with all the feminist critiques we try to do on this podcast. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so. and, that's, and that's why we usually ask viewers to leave and comment mm-hmm. and subscribe. You know, like, yeah. tell us where you think we go wrong. Um, we're totally about fucking, like, owning up to anything we say that's wrong. Like, Swear. I'm honestly... All gung ho about it. You try to come at me though, saying like capitalism is, isn't actually that bad. You just gotta know how to use the system. I will fucking yeah, I'm not if, not a fan. If you're like if if it's stupid shit, <laughs> it's stupid. yeah, no, basically that's if it's stupid shit that's got to do with like um, what is it, nationalistic ideas? Yeah, yeah, fuck that. If it's just stupid shit in general, yeah, 
Like, I mean, some stupid shit. Oh, yeah, with that yeah, one. The yeah cum. some with the cum. No, no, like, uh, <laughs> no. I didn't say that. Like a uh, dumb. Uh, I was like, like the dumb. Uh, but uh, if it's like, let's say, if you come at us like with dumb shit, like, uh, oh, this movie is dumb in this way. Like, okay, cool. Like. We'll discuss it. Like, I'd like to hear some criticism on why you think this movie is bad, but yeah, like if you give us criticisms on why you think yeah. the movie's bad, I'm down to hear your side of that. Feel criti- free, free to comment whatever you want. But like, if okay, this is my problem is like when I see other people agree with the criticisms on like the movies where we found like where everyone gave it a shit review, and yeah. like, we actually sat through it the whole fucking way through, and we're like, what the fuck was wrong with it? Yeah. Like we don't understand. Underwater is the one I'm still just. Eh. Because a lot of the, uh, uh, no, not, I'm, eh, but like, I'm just like, why the fuck did they, were so, so harsh on it? Because a lot of the criticism came down to like, well, it's not the great, well, it's not a great movie. Like, so it's still good. I watched this one called Luz, Luz Flowers of Evil. It's a Mexican uh, cult movie. Yeah. And like, it gets supernatural at some parts, but mm-hmm. they're like, oh, the, the storyline's kind of shit. And I'm like, guys. It's a fucking cult film. <laughs> Everything they're doing is basically dumb because that's what cults are. They're fucking stupid. Yep. They do stupid shit to make you like. Of course, the storyline is gonna follow what a cult does, and like all the reviews on Shutter were like demeaning it the whole time Jesus. through. Like only two skulls. I was like, I gave it four. I was like, dude, it's literally the cult playbook. Skulls. Like I'm like, this is just the cult playbook. <laughs> it could do without the like supernatural part. Maybe, but like, yeah. yeah. But then I had to put like a uh, trigger warning at the beginning of my fucking thing because for like brutal rape scene because there's one in there. But you think for brand purposes we should start putting like a rating system? Yeah, tamales. Tamales. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like tacos is already like a rating system. No, dude. These are tamales. Tamales. <laughs> best. Let's get away from food. What else could we do? Let's workshop this. Oh, dude, toe tags. Toe tags. Yeah, toe tags. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. Put a little toe. Yeah, a little toe. Like a little toe with a tag on it. Yeah. How many toe tags do you give this one? I'm gonna give it four. Out of. (laughs) Fuck. We didn't think of how many out of um seven. Wait, seven? Should I do seven? Well, what's a good rating system? Usually ten or five. I Let's like do five. four out of five. Yeah, four I'll out of five. I'll go four out of five. Because I was gonna say, if we're doing out of ten, then I give it like seven out of ten. But uh, we're gonna keep it at five, so four out of five. Like I like five. It's a lower number. I gotta think about less increments in that point. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm like. Fuck, if five. Like if it's ten, then I'll give this four is like, the, Yeah, this would mean like if it's a ten, then it's like a eight, seven somewhere mm-hmm. on there. I'll give four too, mainly because like. Not, not, I just not tripped this, up on a couple parts of the story. Yeah, it was kind of comp- the story was like a little hard to follow. That might just because I'm an idiot sometimes. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> what, like I, I at some points I just took it took me out of it because it was like oh, fuck, and partially because it was one thirty five a.m. and okay. I was like, <laughs> and I had just got done watching uh, Stakeland two, and I was like, damn, dude, like, but like, um, but like, the story was kind of meh, but also like. I felt like it drew on a little bit too much on some parts. I, it, it, it had some trouble keeping me engaged. That just might be my preference, but four out of five because the story was so engaging. Over, I mean, the the themes itself were so engaging. Yeah, the themes were engaging. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I and think, the imagery, camera work, everything else, awesome. Yeah, Brandon think, has a great eye for films, storytelling, 
a little. Did I mean, we, yeah. did we need the sex scenes? I like the sex scenes. It drew in more about like how it drew in more like the identity things because it drew in um, how I, I much her body was like, a part of it. Was there anywhere that we could have cut, or, or that he could have cut? I should say. But I'm not. I don't think there was really booty everywhere. No, I meant like in, in the film as a whole. Like if there was any place in the film that he could have cut. Okay. But I'm not really thinking he could have cut anyone. Nah. But anyways, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, fucking toe tags, man. I'm <laughs> sorry, tags. that's fucking cool. Toe tagging these motherfuckers. Oh man, I love that. That's cool, and I love you. All of you. If you have any comment, questions, or concerns, write to us on our Facebook. Or on our website at prettypunk.net. If you want us to watch a certain film, go ahead and also write that to us. Um, next time we're going to be watching Shiver by Brandon's father, David Cronenberg. Yeah, also, donate to fucking George Floyd's oh, wait, no. trial. It's your, it, assholes. Wait, no, no, it's your possessor. I have to right. pick possessor. Yeah. Literally, George Floyd, keep mm-hmm. keep attention to that right now. Yeah. And ACAB. ACAB. Like, legit, ACAB. <laughs> Fuck the police. Like, legit. Signed cop at birth.